comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. And welcome to It's All Connected, our Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. This is episode 25, a milestone. I wish we had something more uh, more um, extravagant planned, I guess I should say. Well, I'm having cake. That's good. Cake is always good. I, um, it's, well, it'll have to be a virtual cake for, for you and the listeners. I had a... My daughter was nice enough to bring me a DQ Halitos Ranch uh, cheeseburger, which was tasty, and uh, one of those new cookie pizza things from Pizza Hut, which is like a cookie pizza. It was actually good. So I kind of had cake. It was cut up like a cake. Two two things of note uh, stemming from that conversation. Uh, we do not have Dairy Queen. In the New York slash Long Island area. Really? Uh, one has opened up in the last year, and it's a bit of a drive, and there's always a line, like, out on the road because we don't have Dairy Queens here. Wow. And we have crumb cake pizza, mm. which is really just a flat crumb cake in a pizza box, which I'm imagining is sort of what the uh, cookie pizza is yes fair enough that's interesting because in texas um if if no matter how small of a town you are you either have a sonic a dairy queen or both yeah see this is very this is full circle it's all connected uh, <laughs> strangely enough today i contemplated i was <laughs> i was driving I was driving in my car down the main road that connects where I work to where I live, which is only like nine miles, and it's a straight road that I basically go down. I contemplated turning on my phone and counting 7-Elevens for everybody <laughs> and posting it on uh, you know, Facebook or whatever. You have to do that. There's five 7-Elevens on one road. For like a like I said, maybe a seven to nine mile stretch. Wow, funny funny story. When we first so Seven Eleven is pretty prominent in Chicago, as uh, as well. Uh, and when we moved to Texas and Houston, there were some Seven Elevens, and then there was this chain called Stop and Go that, um, funny enough, looked exactly like a Seven Eleven color scheme and everything, but just was called Stop and Go. Um, Stop and Go bought out all the Seven Elevens, and there were no 7-Elevens, which is kind of a bummer uh, because they had the cool Slurpees and um, comic books. And in the last year or so, 7-Eleven is making a huge like resurgence in Texas. Um, it seems like every little uh, gas station is changing from whatever it is to a 7-Eleven, which is, is really, it, it's just really funny. Hmm. 
I once saw a bootleg 7-Eleven that was a lucky seven. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. People are riveted right now um, and, and so happy they turned in, tuned into this podcast. But yes, where else or are they you, are gone. Yeah, or, they're, <laughs> or they said, screw this. Where else are you going to get uh, uh, fast food commentary and, uh, and convenience store uh, anecdotes? We used to buy a coffee at 7-Eleven and fill it with the chili in the hot dog station. <laughs> it was not healthy, <laughs> but it, it, I guess it beat the high school lunch. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, so we're actually here to talk about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So I was lucky enough, um, as were many people, but uh, a while back, uh, I guess it was about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, uh, it was all over Facebook, all over the internet, where Marvel was holding these um, advanced screenings. They weren't even like press screenings because you didn't have to be pressed to get in, but um, IMAX presentations of 17 minutes of footage from Guardians of the Galaxy. And normally I stay away from that kind of stuff. I mean, they did it with Cap, not as a special event, but I think, I forget what movie it was in front of. Um, they did, they showed like 10 minutes of it if you went to the IMAX presentation or whatever movie it was. Uh, and I didn't do it because I was like, eh, I, I kind of wanted to be surprised. But uh, I know there, Guardians is kind of like, you expected Captain America the Winter Soldier to be awesome. Uh, and it was. And Guardians, I think people are still a little skeptical, so I'm like, yeah, let me, let me, I mean, we've seen the trailer, um, and then a lot of people weren't real jazzed about seeing that little bit at the end of Thor The Dark World, so I'm like, yeah, let me check this out and see, you know, just kind of get a good feel for what's going on with this, with this movie. Um, and it's kind of a dry spell on the podcast, to be honest with you, too, so I thought, yeah, if nothing else gives us something to kind of throw an episode out to kind of help, uh, help bridge the gap of, of, of time. Uh. So, you know, you had to go on the website, you had to actually sign up and get a ticket and wait out in, in line in front of the theater. They oversold it, you know, just like these things typically do. Um, and there was a dude there that was, you know, checking your name off a list and, you know, giving you a wristband and the whole nine yards. Wow. Yeah, so it was pretty legit. Um, and then they filed and there was a there was a big turnout, I guess, obviously, is what you're saying, if they were yeah, yeah. counting names and... Yeah, so I got I got there... A little after, so the screening started at seven. I got there a little after six, and I was maybe 60, 75th in line or so. Wow. Um, and the theater's not super huge. It, I, I think I counted out. It held about like two hundred, about two hundred people, two twenty-five maybe. Um, and it was in. It's kind of like the the Cinemark XD style of theater. You know, it's, they say IMAX, but it's not really like a true IMAX IMAX. Um, it's just a very large format screen. Um, and so they kind of filed everybody in there, uh, and, and it was full. I mean, they, they filled every seat. Um, so it definitely, it, it definitely, yeah, I mean, it took a while. I mean, it was like almost right up until the time they were going to kick it off before like the last seat or two filled up. So, um, even if you got there a little late, I think you still, you still had a good chance of getting in. Um, and then pretty much, you know, they gave a little, when they started the thing up, it was like a one-minute spiel from James Gunn that, you know, just the thank you for coming, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was an IMAX 3D presentation. And 
the scene they showed, I'm not going to get super spoilery um, uh, because, uh, you know, I don't want to really ruin it for anybody, but just kind of give you a, a, a feel for, for the movie. Um, it, it, we've, we've all seen from the preview and the trailer, it, it kind of has that usual suspects lineup where, you know, every, you know, each character comes in and then, um, John C. Riley is giving, you know, their name and what they're notorious for and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you see it on the little HUD thing that comes up, like all their details and everything. Um, the, we saw the 3D presentation of it. Right. And, I mean, John, you and I talk about this all the time. 3D is kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, we could take it or leave it. And, you know, we don't typically specifically seek it out. Like, we kind of leave 3D more for, like, the home than, than the theater. Um, and this really was well done. Like, I was really impressed with the 3D, which normally I'm not. Normally I'm like, eh. You know, take it or leave it. Uh, you know, when I saw X-Men Days of Future Past, I was like, yeah, there's nothing really there that that um, I was happy that I saw it in 3D, uh, you know, for. Um, and this was really cool. So when they had that little scene of them all lining up and John C. Riley kind of going over all their, you know, their rap sheets or whatever, that HUD display was 3D. So it looked like it kind of stood out, uh, which was cool because it's almost like you were in the same perspective as those characters looking at, you know, at, at the, the Guardians on the screen. Uh, so it worked really well. Um, and there are a couple scenes that they showed, like more trailery kind of stuff, where there was stuff out in space. Um, and there was a scene in the, in the prison setting where they showed the, the largest part where stuff was kind of floating around. Uh, and that stuff worked really well in 3D. You know, you really got a sense of, uh, you know, depth and space. And it wasn't all just like throwing crap in your face kind of thing. It was... It was more subtle just to give you a feeling that there's depth in, in what they're showing. And that's always the 3D that I like best. Yeah. Um, when they're using, you know, they're, they're, they're making it more of like a diorama. Like, yes. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. They're, they're putting you in the, like, the depth, at, you know, creating depth, I should say, and putting you inside it rather than throwing stuff at you. Yeah. Um, one movie, not to get too off track, but one movie that was critically panned and fanboys and geeks especially didn't like it, um, the Green Hornet, the uh, Seth Rogen Green Hornet, yeah, it did a great job, like bad movie, but it did a great job of using graphical elements for the 3D. Kind of sounds like what you're saying. Yeah. You know, like they created comic panels and one would be sticking out a little more than the others. You know, like it's almost like gr using graphic arts as right. the 3D elements yeah. rather than like just, you know, uh, we, you know, we love the Resident Evil movies, but what do they do? They have something throw a giant axe at you. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a market for that too. And that can work well, you know, as well. But I really like this form. It sounds like, uh, that they're doing here. It, it, it looks so good. It almost didn't feel like it wasn't native. Like they didn't shoot this native 3D. But it felt like they did. So, like I said, normally I'm on the fence of skip the 3D because it's not worth paying the extra money, um, especially if you're having to buy multiple tickets. I would say if if you if you're if you're interested and appreciate good 3D, I would spring the money to actually see it in 3D. Um, and like I said, that's not a recommendation that I give very often at all. I mean, there's you know very few times I think where I've said yeah, the 3D really adds to it. Um, but this this was pretty well done, and it was used effectively. 
So we, we kind of got that scene, and there was some cool stuff. So in the trailer, when we kind of see that usual suspects routine, it's very abbreviated. And the stuff that they go through to expand upon everything in that scene, when you see it in the movie, is, is interesting. Because there's some stuff that they divulge about a couple of those characters that we kind of hinted at at this point. But they're, they're very blatant as to, as to how some of these characters are connected, which is really cool. Um, right. So I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then they kind of do a cut um, to where we see them walking through, like the Chris Pratt thing where he sees the guard that's kind of stole his Walkman and is listening to the Hooked on a Feeling. So we get that whole sequence. Um, and then we see them where they walk into the actual prison yard. And th- I tell you, there were, that whole scene probably lasted maybe about eight or nine minutes. And I, la- I literally laughed out loud probably four or five times. I mean, it was it was really funny and the rocket raccoon Bradley Cooper's rocket raccoon is very interesting because he sounds we haven't heard too much of him in the trailers and stuff because I think they didn't do the VO until pretty late in the game so he sounds like a like almost like a caricature of a of a uh, New York mobster gangster type Um, you know really heavily accented and and all that um, sometimes it, it doesn't really work so well, but then there's other times where it really, really works well. I mean, I've never, that's never how I pictured Rocket Raccoon sounding in the comics. Um, they, they say he has a British accent in the comics, which I never really got either, but I never, I, n- I never envisioned his voice sounding that way. But, but like I said, there's parts that really work. And Vin Diesel's Groot, um, again, for somebody who only says I am Groot, he does a really good job of, of emoting uh, and saying it different ways to make it really interesting. Um, and then of course they have a little bit of fun with that. The fact that he keeps saying the same thing over and over again. And Batista who plays Drax, I was a little concerned that they were going to go overly brutish and just have him basically, you know, kind of growl and grunt and be real gravelly. And that is not how they play him at all. I mean, he's very, um, actually funny because he plays it very, very straight. Um, and they almost portray him as somebody that's like highly intelligent. So when when they try it, when especially with Chris Pratt, because he kind of uh, speaks metaphors and and you know kind of talks you know crazy, um, and it's really funny how how uh, Drax takes it literally and then kind of spins it back at him. A lot of cool interaction between them. Um, and if you thought Scarlett Johansson kicked a lot of ass in Iron Man Two and the Avengers, I think Zoe Saldana is going to have one up her uh, in this one. Because it was, like I said, it wasn't a very long scene, but we got to see her kick a lot of ass. And it was, it, it, again, the choreography and stuff was, was pretty well done. Yeah, if anybody has seen Columbiana. Yes. Which, um, you know, it's probably not really well known. I mean, it was a pretty big release, but it's probably already been out, I'm going to guess, five or six years. Or maybe a little less than that. But uh, if you want to see Zoe Saldana in action... Uh, check out Columbiana. I'm not sure if that's a on Netflix or Amazon Prime or anything right now, but she's pretty impressive in that. And as far as Batista, I've been pretty impressed with him. I mean, I think he's picking his role sort of carefully at first. He was probably one of my favorite characters in the new Riddick movie. And Man with the Iron Fists was a bit disappointing, but again, he was kind of like a standout in yeah. that in that movie. So, I mean, listen, he's not taking on any, you know, Shakespearean roles here or, you know, 
he hasn't exactly been a lead man yet or had to carry an entire movie. But he's been really good in everything that, you know, I've seen, which is pretty cool for, you know, a guy coming off. I mean, he's still wrestling full time, I think. I don't watch yeah. much wrestling anymore. But yeah. so, you know, he's uh, he's new to the acting thing and he does a pretty good job. Yeah. Like I said, I was really surprised because I know typically even The Rock, like remember when The Rock first came on the scene, he did. What was it? The Mummy, uh, The Mummy Returns or whatever. He played the Scorpion King. Yeah, the rundown and uh, walking tall. I think were his first couple. Yeah, but I mean, like when they first did uh, the Mummy Returns, I think they gave him like three lines or something like that, and they right, kept him. Right. You know, they they didn't let him speak too much. Um, and and kind of the same thing I think with Batista, where they've they've given him these roles and he, like in the Man with the Iron Fist, he had he was pretty prominent in what he was doing, but he I don't think he hit, he spoke a lick of dialogue. Right. Um. And so to hear, like I said, to hear him speak and to speak eloquently w- was was kind of almost jarring because um, I wasn't expecting it. Um, but it works really well because I, I think, again, they're trying to go with that playing off type thing. Like, you know, what you expect to come out of somebody's mouth is not what comes out of their mouth. Um, and so it just kind of adds a little bit of a humor element to that. Um, and there was some really funny dialogue back and forth. Uh, and, and, and then again, there was some bits with Rocket and Chris Pratt. Um, as Star Lord, that were really, really funny. I mean, there was one, uh, one scene in particular that just uh, the, the whole audience was laughing because it was really, really just well done. So we, like I said, we got to basically see this, the bulk of this prison scene, um, and then they cut to. I, I don't know, John, have you seen the new extended trailer that they put out? Like it's, it's kind of, it gives a lot more of the like plot details and and stuff. Yeah, like that. I did. Yeah, basically we saw that, and they added like a couple little bits to the front of it, but that's really all it was. Um, so again, it lasted, like I said, about 17 minutes. It was probably a 12 minute, you know, prison sequence. And then, you know, between the, the intro and the trailer, that's about all we got, but it was definitely enough, I think, to, to kind of whet your appetite. Didn't really spoil anything, you know, didn't really give too much away in, in terms of plot and stuff for the movie. You really don't know what's going on outside of the sequence that they did in the prison. Uh, so it was kind of the perfect, the per, and it showed off again, showed off the effects, showed off the humor, showed off the action. You kind of got everything all in one with this with this sequence. Um, and I'm just, I'm really jazzed for it. I mean, I think um, if the rest of the movie holds up to this, you know, this little sequence, it could be a top tier Marvel movie for me. I mean, I could definitely see this being better than maybe even you know both of the Thors or the third Iron Man or you know Hulk and stuff like that. So I'm, like I said, I'm really jazzed about you know, about seeing the rest of it in, at the beginning of August 1st. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what um, maybe people that aren't as big of, you know, comic nerds as us, what they're thinking. I've really gone from, like, not really caring too much when it was uh, introduced because I haven't read any of these comics all the way up to now being, like, really psyched after everything I've seen and the casting and the way everything looks in the trailers and the comedy elements and everything i'm i'm pretty excited now uh i have decided not to beef up the uh reading before i go in i'm gonna go into this one totally cold so it should be interesting to hear you know what you think after seeing it and knowing all of the you know the comics that it comes from and uh and me not really having a clue and just taking it you know cold which which a lot of people you know, we take for granted sometimes that much more people have not read any of the stuff when they enjoy these movies. You know, it, it outweighs the people that have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it's cool because the prison, 
Um, the name of the prison is something that we know from that Guardians of the Galaxy universe, but it's not known as a prison. Uh, so that was cool uh, when they, you know, they showed the outside of it and they listed out what it was. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then we got to see it. Uh, so, like I said, I'm, I'm, it, I've seen a couple James Gunn movies and they all, they kind of almost look like they're not B grade, but you could tell the budget's lower. The way it's shot has a certain feel and look to it. Um, and this movie did not, like, if you wouldn't have told me James Gunn directed that movie, I wouldn't go in and look at that footage and go, oh, it's a, it's a James Gunn movie. Like, it didn't, it didn't look or feel like that to me. Um, which, I, I, again, I haven't seen enough of his work to really know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, uh, but it, looks, it looks really well done. I think, I, I think we're ready for a good you know, space opera-y kind of movie that has a lot of comedy elements to it and fits into the um, you know, Marvel Universe. Because I think you know, since Star Wars, that's been tried a lot, and I think it fails a lot. Um, and, and so I, I'm curious to see how it's received, outside, like you said, John, outside of the, the geek community. And, and I would like to shout out um, one of our brother or sister podcasts. I never know what to call it. Some people say brother, some people say sister. One of the podcasts on our network, uh, Jersey Shore, not what you're thinking if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's uh, Jersey, question mark, Shore, S-U-R-E, exclamation point. Jordan and Pierce did a whole Guardians of the Galaxy episode uh, where they don't spoil anything from the comics or get like too in-depth, but they just kind of quickly run down the roster and the changes and maybe some points that they'd like to see in the movie, some things they wouldn't like to see in the movie. It was really, it was great for me because, like I said, I haven't read the comics and I wasn't looking to know too much going into the movie. So it's sort of like a quick, just, uh, you know, Guardians 101 where you'll learn everybody's name. And if you're interested in picking up the comics, they kind of give some issue numbers and things and when series started and. And stuff like that. So I definitely recommend that episode. Cool. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Like I said, I don't want to get too too spoilery because you know I don't want to I don't want to ruin anything uh, for anybody. But like I said, there wasn't really anything spoilery. It's just kind of an expansion on stuff that we already knew was going on. Um, so you, I'm sorry, you saw that there was like an intro. And then uh, you also saw the the extended trailer, and then the footage was one large clip. It wasn't cut from different parts of the movie. It was just like a block of one scene. Yeah. So it it appeared like we basically got them. So the when the footage started, it was them going through like we've seen in the in the trailer. You lined up against the wall. And then instead of uh, blurbing out uh, Chris Pratt flipping him off, um, right. they didn't blurb that out. So in the movie, you'll actually <laughs> you'll actually see it, which is kind of funny. Um, and that scene is extended. And then I think from there, there's a cut. And then they pick it up just shortly thereafter where um, the next thing we see is, like I said, Chris Pratt finding the dude that has his, his Walkman. And then because the music didn't skip, I think from there forward was all one continuous scene. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it was one second. So we didn't get, like, five minutes from the beginning, five minutes from the end, five minutes from the middle. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was it was basically just this this one, you know, 
you know, 10 to 12 minute piece of them in the prison that we've seen, you know, in the trailers. Very cool. Yeah. I'm glad I went. I'm, I'm, I, you know, like I said, I, I tend to, I'm kind of like you, once we get kind of like in that six to eight week before the movie airs, we kind of go almost into a blackout zone where we don't read a bunch of stuff. Uh, cause you know, you kind of want to go into it somewhat fresh. Uh, but, but like I said, I, th- I thought it was just kind of a cool thing to do. Um, and they were making kind of a big deal out of it. Like I said, normally they tack this stuff on to the beginning or the end of another feature, and this was something they did specifically uh, for this. So, yeah, that's cool. That's uh, that's fun. Yeah, especially for free, right? I mean, I guess they exactly. can't ask you to pay for fifteen minutes, but still. Yeah. Um, one other little bit while we're still doing Guardians, um, if you are so inclined. Michael Rooker, yes, uh, who plays Yandu, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Yes, yes, Yandu. Um, who's a blue character with a mohawk. Uh, he's been running his mouth a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which he tends to do, and we uh, we're big fans of Michael. Uh, we actually got to talk to him once on our Walking Dead TV podcast, which was a lot of fun. He's just like exactly how you think he is. is yep, how he is. And uh, so anyway, in an interview that you can find pretty easily on the Internet, uh, if you search Michael Rooker, you know, interview or Guardians of the Galaxy, Michael Rooker stuff, uh, he went on for a little bit talking about who his character is and how much he has to do in the movie and things like that. So I don't want to get into that. It is kind of spoilery. But, you know, if you're in that mode where you're looking for all of the Guardians information that you can get, uh, there's definitely some Rooker quotes out there to be had. Yeah, and they kind of hint at that. Um, that was one of the, the connections I was talking about. Like I said, I won't get specific. Um, but when they show the lineup scene, and they, I said they kind of elaborate on that, they're, they're, they definitely mention him in relation to one of the characters as well as you know some of the other characters and expanding on you know what we know about them. So, uh, so yeah, so that's definitely definitely out there. Very good. And I think the only other news that we have is it appears they started filming on the Daredevil TV series. So it looks like uh, somewhere in and around New York, they're they're doing they're doing some filming. There's been reports of people hearing uh, the young actor, the kid that they're getting to play the young Matt Murdock saying, um, I can't see, I can't see, uh, you know, whether that's complete BS or absolute truth. Hard to say, but based on the set photos I saw, it definitely looks like. It's the after aftermath of some sort of accident, um, which you know we all know Daredevil's origin, so that definitely fits into that. Um, so that's good news that they're actually starting. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of my high highest anticipated uh, events. I mean, between this and Iron Fist, it's like the year of John. <laughs> but um, and I don't know if Iron Fist will be out in 2015. But um, but anyway. It's, it was interesting to me, if, if that's the case, if that's what people saw and it's not BS, and like you said, the pictures sh- sort of, and there's a quick video that you can find online too, it, it sort of, uh, it looks that way. It's sort of interesting to me that they're sticking with that origin, only because, you know, the, the Daredevil origin is one of the hardest, I think, to pull off in like live action and be believable and... Marvel has sort of gone out of its way in the cinematic universe 
to make things a little more believable and grounded and there's no magic and a lot of the things are super, are um super soldier serum you know for the hulk or for the uh I'm sorry for like abomination and for Steve Rogers and you know it's interesting to me if they're going with the kid that gets blinded by radioactive ooze you know, which yeah. gives him radar power. You know, like, it's yeah. one of the really hard ones to believe when you're not looking at it, you know, on a comic book page. So I hope it's a good thing. You know, I would love for the true origin to to work out. Um, but it's tough. I mean, it can't, you know, it was goofy in the uh, in the Ben Affleck movie. Yeah, I wonder, you know, it'd be funny if they if they tied it back into that is if it was remember those canisters they had in in the Incredible Hulk that had I think it had the the Stark logo on it and said Dr. at that time it was Dr. Reinstein, which was like the alias of Dr. Erskine. Um, so I wonder if they do like maybe they were transporting that stuff or something that had some affiliation with the super serum, super soldier serum. And if somehow that's what he gets splashed on him. You know, maybe that will do like you're saying. That kind of help with the believability factor of it. That would be awesome. That would totally, if though, if, if it was a truck driving by with the Stark logo on it, and that's what fell on the kid, that's a home run. You're you're a smart man. I hope that's. <laughs> I hope they're as smart. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, so I guess speculation wise, it's beginning of July, basically. I think I read somewhere, and I think we talked about it in the previous show, that for um, House of Cards, they filmed, I think it was like 14 weeks, I think is what it was, 14 to 16 weeks for the series, for the for each season. Now, granted, this is probably going to have some more post-processing than Daredevil is, and probably shooting in New York probably leads to its own unique challenges with street closures and things like that. Um, but if it follows that, that's basically four months, so... I'm guessing like principal photography would wrap by the end of the year. And then if they do post and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe, you know, sometimes uh, Netflix puts out like one or two of their originals out at about the same time. So I wonder if we might get this around, like maybe shortly after uh, house of cards season three comes out, or maybe if, if that series, if that season pushes late, maybe we'll get that as like the, the spring, uh, maybe like a late spring series uh, to to show and get it in before uh, before Avengers: Age of Ultron. I'm I'm guessing if it doesn't come before then, then it it'll be after that. And and soon, Netflix is going to have enough original content that they could probably put them out once a month. You know, I mean, you already have House of Cards, Orange right. is the New Black, Hemlock Grove. You add these Marvel shows into the mix. It's going, you know, soon it'll be every other month that they're doing a release, and then right, you know, I know they have other stuff on the horizon. You know, like I said, soon it'll be every month there'll be a new Netflix dump of uh, original content. I would think, yeah, yeah. And then they, uh, you know, again, you know, like a conventional TV series, you know, they would film, you know, get so many episodes ahead, and then they would, you know, release them out. But since they're dumping all 13 on day one, you know, we've got to wait until they film them all, post-produce them all, you know, and get everything done before we get to see them. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And, yeah. and it's also, 
you know, I'm intrigued by the fact that we haven't gotten any more casting yeah. notes. So I wonder if, you know, this is going to be the origin and, and Kingpin and maybe Kingpin has a henchman in whoever Rosario Dawson is or whether that would be Echo or whether that would be, you know, Electra or whoever she might end up being. But I would think no bullseye or we probably would have heard by now. Yeah. I, I would think if we don't hear in the next probably, what, two to three weeks, there's probably not going to be one because I would think at this point they'll be geared up pretty heavy on filming. So Yeah. Hopefully uh, I would like to see Bullseye. He's definitely my favorite villain. Uh, even if it's the last episode sort of reveal leading into season two or something, uh, that would be cool. I mean, if it is Elektra that we have on this season Electra and Kingpin would be plenty I mean they don't need to you know they don't want to I, I wouldn't want them to overdo it right anyway so as long as we get bullseye at some point right and I'm curious to see what the plan is for the other three and then de obviously defenders like I haven't heard if it's going to be one a year if you know if it's going to be two a year or if that you know we haven't heard anything on any of the others or what the scheduling looks like for this thing Right. Gonna be curious. I imagine just from a budgeting pers perspective for Marvel, they're probably, you know, I don't think we're gonna see like all of them in one year or anything like that, just because it, you know, they're gonna want to probably spread that that cash out over time, and then Netflix probably will want to spread it out just to keep people on the hook. Yeah, it's it's all a mystery um, at this point. I I just wait for D uh for DC to make their deal with Hulu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or start Amazon. Start doling out, uh, you know. Yeah. The Teen Titans live show, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on, not only just Marvel and DC, but I think we're going to see maybe even like either Dark Horse or Image or. Um, you know, maybe even like IDW or Boom or something like that, keeping an eye on on that to see if it's if it's lucrative enough because um and then Netflix the same thing. I mean if Netflix thinks again, it's a whole different ballgame with Netflix because they don't really care how many people watch it. They just wanna know is this enough to get you to pay eight bucks a month for the you know, forever. Um you know and if it is, then then that's great. They're willing to throw money at it. So it's not like a conventional TV or cable model where it's all based on ratings and how many people are watching and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, they just, they want, you know, credit cards to, to bill eight, you know, eight bucks a month for. I'm going to give them some free advice right now. Atomic Robo animated series. Oh, gold. Absolute gold. Yeah. That one's for free. The next one they're going to have to pay for. <laughs> Yep, yep. Well, I think that's that's about all we had. Like I said, just kind of a quick little episode. Just thought it was thought we you know just kind of hop on and chat about Guardians and and talk a little bit about since that Netflix uh, Daredevil news kind of popped up pretty you know just here today um, or yesterday I guess uh, that we we give it a shout. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, I'm glad you got to do that, and it sounded like fun, and uh, it's heightening our anticipation. Yeah. Of the movie, and I guess it's safe to say that uh, our plan, 
We don't know when we're going to release this next episode or these next episodes, but the plan is to sort of do a it's all connected 101 type of show where we're going to break down the Marvel Cinematic Universe starting with the Hulk and, you know, moving through Phase 1 and eventually Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Phase 2 films and sort of outline how they have all connected with each other. And that should be sort of fun. If if anybody's seen our Facebook page, the uh, the backdrop is the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline map. Yes. And uh, it, it it's pretty interesting stuff, and it, it should be fun to go over. And I think we'd like to do that, you know, as the summer goes on, you know, maybe do a couple of episodes on that sort of thing before, you know, the fall season kicks in again. Yeah, and oh, and uh, by the way, head over. I mentioned this last episode when we did the commentary on Thor The Dark World. Um, but if you head over to the Facebook page for It's All Connected, we have a link. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, a main link on the webpage here pretty quick. Um, but we have a link to a page I created with all of our uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie commentaries. Uh, so it's all the commentaries we've done on LOD. It's a couple that the Out Now guys have done. Uh, it's it's you know Thor: The Dark World that we did. Um, and if if the any of the podcasts on the network do any commentaries moving forward, like if Out Now starts to fill that that gap in, we'll post them all there. So there's one page you can go to that has them all listed. You can either download them or play them directly from the site there. Uh, and so it's kind of a little cool little page I put together. Uh, again, it has that timeline uh, image at the top, so so check that out. Very good. All right, that's about does it. So th- again, thanks for joining us for episode twenty five of It's All Connected. Uh, again, you can check out the Facebook page if you just search for It's All Connected on Facebook. Head on over to hhwlod.com and you can get all the podcast episodes there. Uh, check out all the other shows that we do on the network, like uh, John was saying earlier, Jersey Shore did an episode on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the comics, and uh, there's just tons of content and shows that we have all posted up there. And, you, of course, you can check out the Facebook group for uh, HHWLOD Podcast Network, where we post everything up from all the shows. So as, as stuff comes out, you can check it out there, or you can follow the Twitter at HHWLOD underscore network. Oh, and one last thing, Russell. Uh, We are now on Stitcher. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. So if Stitcher is your preferred uh, listening method for podcasts, you can grab most of the uh, HHW LOD shows on Stitcher. Uh, Confirmed, the master feed with all of the shows is on Stitcher. Uh, It's All Connected is already on Stitcher. And I'm not. I don't want to quote how, how many other ones have been. Uh, there's an application process. It takes them a few days. But with, by the time you hear this, most of the HHWLOD shows will all be up separately on Stitcher, or you can just grab the master feed there with an easy search. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And uh, hopefully, we'll be back soon. Like we said, with either a connected episode or definitely uh, at the beginning of August for Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. Have a good night. Good night.